Welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad. If this is your first time listening to First Time Podcast, welcome and let me explain. It's very, very simple. Either me, my guest, or both of us are experiencing something for the first time and we're going to talk about it, usually a movie, and we're back with several movies this episode. My guest today is a writer, a filmmaker, and one of the co-hosts of the Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe podcast on the PFPN. Welcome Tony Miller to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, wow, you got a crowd? Yeah, thanks, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we, we're in front of a live studio audience here. Uh, you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big uh, ceremony. It's a big occasion, but um, I, one big occasion is finally getting you here because... I've had, now I have like three of the horror cruxes or the stones. I just need Ashlyn and then I'll have the whole podcast. Yep. You should get Ashlyn on. I will. I have to now. Yeah. Hashtag Ashlyn for fourth time. <laughs> yeah. I need to get her here because, uh, like I said, I've had, uh, Brett and a both on here and the Brett and Tony with Ashlyn a podcast. I can't do it without Ash. Uh, Ashley. You've had Brett twice. I have had Brett twice at least. So um, we bounced around a million ideas, um, but actually, I want to jump back to the, your podcast uh, in case somebody has not, because I always assume my listeners know your podcast, but then I will see that there's somebody in, in Germany listening, and I'm like, I should probably let my guests talk about their show because maybe they didn't listen to Brett or Abe's episode. So maybe explain a little bit about what, I mean, your show title is pretty self-explanatory, but um, explain a little bit about um, Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe. Uh, first off, Guten Tag, Germany. <laughs> and uh, Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe is a podcast where we just get together and talk. One week we talk about a movie we pick. Uh, it's been more and more random at, as of late. We just quit, I've noticed, yeah. We just quit caring, so we just, uh, <laughs> whatever movie somebody throws out, we will watch. And then the other week we do a topic. Yeah, so when you say a topic... Um, you guys have done religion. You guys have done, I mean, just absolutely out dreams. Um, trying to think of some of the other ones that, that stick out in my mind. Time travel. Yeah. Uh, we got fairy tales coming out the week that this is released. Fairy tales. Oh, that's interesting. You had me on, and I think we did serial killers, right? Yeah, serial killers, and we did dreamed with you. Right? Yep, yep. And then, yeah, we talked demons on the show, too. So uh, I love that you guys sort of bounce back and forth because it doesn't get stale at all. And with three or four friends who know each other so well, I, you guys are just like completely unfiltered. And I think that's like when I, when I sent the link to Jason, I was like, you got to check this podcast out. And he was just like, Oh man, the chemistry, you can tell these guys have been friends forever. So like you've known Brett for like most of your life, right? Yeah. I was in third grade. Yeah. That's a long time. Cause we're old now. Yeah. We are really old. <laughs> And then, yeah, I, I've out of your group, I've known Abe the longest. And then um, I think I've I've heard legends of film school Tony uh, through our, our mutual friend Noah. And it's funny because we probably crossed paths a million times at the movie theater. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, do you remember Brett and me being like ushers at the movie theater? Oh, not ushers. No, I, I, I remember, you know, running into you like with mutual friends all the time. I'm like the guy with the ponytails hanging out with my friends. And then I put two and two together. I'm like, oh, that's the Tony that Noah's always talking about because he would use you against your own will. Like you didn't know you were being used, but he would always like, anytime there was a debate or discussion, he would be like, 
all right, Tad, my my friend Tony went to film school and his opinion is different than yours, so it's better. And I'm like, who's this Tony guy? Then I met you and I'm like, oh, he's not like a pretentious asshole like Noah's trying to make him out to be. Noah, Noah's using, like weaponizing you. I wish I was that pretentious. <laughs> but it's just sort of funny after all those years, I'm like, and then I met you and I'm like, oh, not at all what Noah sort of built up. So um, thanks, Noah, I guess. I mean, you should have known from my, Noah. <laughs> you should have known. Yeah, I should have known. Uh, he's, he's probably telling people about his uh, like weird, weird toy collector tad or something. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I always wonder what he tells people about me. Yeah, well, I wish he never said anything about you. Oh, that's even worse. Like, he, I'm just, I'm not even mentioned. Except for, like, Tony, you should make a video or film for this festival. And that took me forever. Like, I'm going to do it, but I'm just procrastinate. Yeah, yeah, because um, before, I mean, I did know of you and, and didn't. I think Brett's the one I most recently met out of your, old well, and Ashlyn. Um, but you guys used to have, you guys had a podcast, like, well before the the brett and tony nash and abe like it was uh and you had a website like that was pretty much your doing right yeah uh well brett came to me like i want to do a website i want to do videos and then i like i only got one thing i want to do a podcast and that was like before everyone had a podcast yeah because i like listening to we us talk i like this should be a podcast why yeah. am i the only one that sees this yeah like, our conversations could be a podcast right you might as well be recording them and putting them out there and then like well we're like a podcast that's never gonna take off nobody can be in the podcast <laughs> thank god you convinced him of it because i mean it's not the same podcast that's out now but it definitely planted the seed for you guys to be doing what you're doing yeah i like to think of it with a, a practice one yeah. because we got our rhythm down we got our talking down we knew what to do well, yeah, I remember like seeing it and seeing, I was like, I literally told Lonnie Schuyler who ran SNAF before me, Snake Alley Festival Film. I was like, there's guys in town that have like a film podcast and they do like YouTube videos, reviews and all, and they have a full website. And he's like, why don't you get him at the festival? And that's where it sort of started me egging. Like I've told him, telling Noah, I'm like, next time you see Tony, tell him like they need to come down. Like, I don't know if they need to record a podcast or anything, but like, they just need to be involved. And of course, you know, years later, who you are, you guys were like you and you and uh, you guys and Jason were the ones who attended probably the most films this last year. So, yeah. And uh, I just wanted to, but like, I'm a professionist kind of, and wanted right. the technology to be battle before we entered something. Yeah. I think there's, and maybe I shouldn't even say this, but it seems like there's two groups of people that sort of, come to or, or or enter into festivals and there's people who uh underestimate their work and there's some that overestimate their work and um and then, oh, and then of course there's some people in the middle who who sort of know what they have but it's like sometimes i'll be like like you guys i'm like you guys you make funny stuff like you you make great fun films like you deserve to be in this and then i have some people that i'm that are like submitting all kinds of stuff and i'm like guys like do you do any quality control? Don't just give me everything. You know, there's, there's people who's and not so much anymore in the past. It was like, maybe I was too forgiving or something, but it was just sort of like, comment, like pick out your best stuff and send it to me. Not everything has to be entered. Yeah, I know to film school. Okay. So I, I've seen, <laughs> I don't have to tell you, I've seen some, some pretentious stuff where all day were like, I'm not cutting anything because they're not going to get it. Yeah. And, uh, so I guess that sort of brings us to our topic of today, because this is, like I said, we, we sort of went around in circles on what we we're going to record. I wanted to get you on here eventually. We've uh, had some times where we're trying to get you on here, 
and I threw out some a serious topic. I was like, your your favorite movie, right? Is uh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Never seen it. Yeah. Well, eventually, uh, Abe. I'm going to type saying Abe. That's funny. <laughs> well, Abe. No. Okay, Tad. No. <laughs> But I would, you know, it's one that's been on my list forever. It's uh, one of those that, and, and I appreciate you not reacting like you should have. Like, you've never seen, I mean, you knew I haven't seen it, but like, yeah. you're not that guy that's going to be like, you haven't seen it? Like, people still do that to me. I'm like, clearly don't listen to my podcast because I talk about it almost every episode where I'm like, that reaction is why people don't watch your favorite movie because you freak out about it. You know, and I, I, when I find out someone hasn't watched a movie, I'm like, oh, that's so good because now I get to show it to you. Yeah, I'm jealous for them because they get to experience for the first time. Right. Yeah, and that's sort of where this this whole podcast started. And of course, you were like, no, we can't do a good serious movie. I have an idea after your um, Oscars episode where you talk about the most celebrated, um, you know on a surface level, the most celebrated and best uh, films, award-winning films in the world. What if we did the Razzies? Yep. <laughs> a, I don't think you would go for it. And I know it should be an ongoing joke about me throwing out ideas and not being on the show. <laughs> and here we are. Yo, I, I gr- grasp onto this one, you know, and, and I, I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, I do, I, I will say you had the smart idea because if I, if I threw out the idea, I would be like, let's watch every single thing that was nominated and i think that might kill a human yeah i uh i barely got through the five but i got through them yes so um we will be discussing the obvious the worst picture nominees you knew you did make it through all of them yes i did did you uh any that you didn't make through no i made through three of them um and i'll talk about them when we get to them but i guess um we can sort of go over the nominees so, up for worst picture at the Razzies, we have Diana the Musical, the Netflix version. We have Infinite. We have Karen. We have Space Jam, A New Legacy. And we have A Woman in the Window. So, congratulations to all of our nominees. I'm going to have to ask you also, when we get to it, um, your, your pick for worst movie, too. So... Um, I, I just have them in order of the nominations. One, the first one that I have on here is one I did not get to see, and I would not have watched it even if I had time. I've, I would planned, you know, I watched as many as I could fit in because I was also watching the Oscar movies. But the juxtaposition going from Oscar movies straight into Razzie movies—holy shit! I don't recommend it for anyone. I don't recommend the movie to anybody. <laughs> and uh, I, to be quite honest, they weren't as bad as I expected. I brace myself like these are because in the past there's been some Razzies that I'm like, I mean, cats. And, uh, that was like the one that I think took home the most awards maybe two years ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to watch that for this. Yeah. You picked a good year to do it because, uh, but, but the first one that I did not get to see is the Di- Diana, the musical, um, the dazzling and devastating life of princess Diana takes center stage in this original musical filmed in advance of its official Broadway opening. Um, written by Joe DiPietro. The book was written by Joe DiPietro. Music by David Bryan. Directed by Christopher Ashley. And uh, Gianna DeWall as Princess Diana. So, what do you think of uh, this this Princess Diana <clears throat> musical? Okay, are, are you ready, Tad? I'm are absolutely ready. Are you ready for this piece of shit movie? <laughs> 
I uh, full 10 minutes watching this. I paused. I'm like, oh my god, this is so terrible. What have I got myself into? Because it was the first movie I watched for this. Okay. So, like, I paused it, and then I'm like, okay, there's probably, like, only half an hour left. Kid you not, an hour and 40 minutes. How long is it total? Like, an hour and 49. Okay, so you, you did make it 10 minutes in. It's a musical. I'm surprised they actually, um, you're lucky it wouldn't, wasn't, like, a, a, you know, Broadway show that's, like, three hours. No, it was a Broadway show. It was, like, recorded... Like a theater show. Okay, so they're on stage and everything? They're on stage, no audience, <laughs> and it's just literally one camera shot, maybe a couple to make, you know... Couple, to uh, keep it up, yeah. yeah. It was terrible. Um, it went through the entire relationship from when Diana was uh, 19 with Prince Charles yeah. until the car crash. Ooh. It ends with the car crash? Yeah. It, did they do it on stage? No, I wish. Oh, that would have sort of made I mean, the finale would, worth it. I was like... The movie is the car crash. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, at least I'm guaranteed a car crash at the end of this. <laughs> they couldn't even deliver on that. Nope, they did not deliver. That I just wanted a car crash. Maybe uh, plus, uh, a ghost Diana. Oh, yeah, that would have like, been good. She come out at the end and like, ooh, and like haunt Harry and uh, what the little one name? William? Yeah, I think Harry and William. Yeah, to haunt them for a little bit. <laughs> you never see the kids after the bone, so apparently she's a terrible mom because you never see her with the kids. Well, have you seen the um, Chris and Stewart one? No, uh, I forget. I already forget what it's called. I watched it for the Oscar one. It is it is a good movie, but not my cup of tea. I guess that's the most British thing to say. Not my cup of tea when it comes to Diana. Um, this movie was total pants. That's how you say it in British. <laughs> so, what is your history like? Are you a bad movie fan, but like not like bad movies that are so bad they're good? I like a bad movie that's good, and I was hoping to find one in this. And you didn't? I I don't want to spoil. Okay, okay, we'll get to there. But uh, this one, I really wanted, I was like, this was the one I was looking forward to the most. Because I like, ooh, going to be a musical, it's going to be so bad, it's so <laughs> good. No. Yeah, because this is up for quite a bit, like looking through the nominations. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, th this one got a lot of nominations. But it's also sort of weird, like, growing up, my mom was... Not obsessed, but a, a fan, I guess, of Princess Diana, which always weirded me out. I'm like, what? I, I didn't understand as a kid. I'm like, what are you a fan of? Like, she exists. Like, she married into royalty, and I guess it was of the person. She was a good person or something. But I'm like, like I don't know. It, I, I never personally understood it. And then when she passed away, it was a big deal. But we had like the Beanie Baby, and Mom had my mom had the Beanie Baby yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And we had like all kinds of Princess Diana memorabilia. And I'm like, why is there memorabilia on a person? And now we have a musical, and it's sort of weird to think about. Yeah, I know, like, every time the Queen came on, they're like, the Queen did terrible. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I hate to be like, you suck at acting, <laughs> but these guys will uh, Broadway act old, and you could tell. Are, are you a fan of live theater, though? Yeah, I mean... When but, it's done well. Yeah, and at least if you can do this, have an audience. Go all in. Yeah, it seemed like from the description and what you've said, it's like almost like they, they just recorded a practice run, like a dress rehearsal. Yeah, that's all it is. And they're like, ooh, let's just capitalize on this Punta Diana twain. Yeah, that. And they're also like, you know, Netflix will just buy anything now. So let's. it'll probably create a thing. Well, I think it's NBC and maybe ABC... Um, 
they've been doing those like especially during uh quarantine and covid times they've been doing those like live plays on tv where it's like it's the uh i'm trying to think of what they, else then they did grief they did they've yeah. done they've they've done like all the big ones uh that don't require too much and it's like why do i don't know I guess, you know, Steven Spielberg just did West Side Story again, so... Which I actually enjoyed. Yeah, it was really fantastic. I, it shows that you can do it, yeah. Yeah, you can make a musical, because I love I love a good musical, but shit like in any genre, it can be bad. Right, yeah, and it's also a sort of trend now to, like, turn anything, literally anything, into a stage play. Like, we do we need a stage play of Princess Diana? Do I mean, I think the first one I remember... And I sure I'm sure there was plenty of them before, but the first one I remember that was sort of like really panned and people hated it was a Spider Man one. Like the guy that like, played Spider Man hurt himself like one of the first days, like severely hurt himself, uh, and then it closed really early. But like we're getting like Beetlejuice, and I, I think I, the novelty of like Evil Dead the musical and and Beetlejuice and stuff it's like fine, but like if we have a movie that's good, do we need a, a stage play? I don't know. Oh, and like one of the scenes. It turned into rent because she goes to visit like an HIV world and they're like, let's take a picture. But then like people will know I'm gay and then like, no. And then she like, let's do it. Be tough. And then they all come together and like they take the picture and like it turned into rent for a little bit. And I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. I don't know. It was. Do you think it was very deserving of a Razzie? We'll get to though. Well, see, what I th- Razzies have always been sort of a weird thing for me because uh, on one hand, I sort of feel like it's bullying, but I also don't know it's done like whimsically enough that it's not mean-spirited. And I also know that, uh, you know, it's, it's like a time-honored tradition. Like, looking back, like Tom Green showed up when Freddie Got Fingered was nominated and he rolled out his own red carpet and showed up and accepted all the awards. And it's like if you're a director or an actor or whatever, you sort of have to have thick skin because even the best movie of all time is going to have people who bash it and, and have harsh, you know, you're putting your work out there. It's going to be criticized by somebody. Yeah. Like Holly Bailey coming and accepting yeah. the award a year after she won the Academy Award. Yeah. And but that's a good sport. Like I appreciate, I think yeah. that's cool. Like rocket, you know, like it's, you, you can, you can take it two ways. You can embrace it like she did, or you can, be an asshole and 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 hate it and and but it's still going to happen you're still getting you know mm-hmm. it's sort of it's and also i think maybe last year or the year before um glenn close got nominated for a razzie and an oscar for the same role yeah and that's crazy and then like i remember the shining got nominated for a couple wow. awards back in the day kubrick's yeah wow so it's just like you never know how time gonna play yeah these. yeah and i know like uh, Leto was, you know, there were talks of him getting an Oscar or Golden Globe for uh, House of Gucci. And nope, he ended up getting a Wazzy. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I have that on my list. It's sort of funny. Uh, I'll, I'll go over those after we talk about our Worst Picture nominees. Just just go over the other nominations because uh, the way they list them are so funny. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I guess uh, I, we can... Did you have anything else on... Uh, Diana the musical. Let me just uh, see if anything comes to mind. It, it was, uh, I felt like this 149 minutes, <laughs> or like, oh, I love uh, an hour and 49 minutes. It, I felt it. I like how everywhere it's listed, they almost make it um, clear that it's like part of the title where it says Diana the musical, the Netflix version. Like, almost a slap in the face to Netflix being like, 
we want to make sure that we put Netflix out there to make sure that they're to blame. So is there another Diana musical that will not, t- I did not, I did not do any research on that one after I saw this one. I like, I don't want to see anymore. Well, I sort of wondered that too. I don't know if it's just like it, the reason it's nominated is because it was filmed for stage. Like they did that last year with Hamilton and there, yeah. was, there was a lot of controversy and debate on whether it should be up for awards because they're like, it's not a film. It was just filmed. A, they filmed a stage play. So of course people aren't going to, this is not controversial because no one gives a shit if we, a Razzie takes it from someone else or something. But um, what do you think? Do you think it should constitute for award season if it's just a play that they filmed? I mean, it's a movie that they filmed. So it's edited, like yeah, edited. Yeah. It, you know, they have like people that worked on it. Uh, I think it's a movie because okay. I know it's it's a real movies like that. It's hard to define anyway. Right. If you film it, it's technically it's a movie. Right. So technicalities, but I know like the Oscars are very um, strict about you know your film has to play, and I I think they've bent the rules recently because of of COVID. But it was like has to play on New York for two weeks and LA and two for two weeks, and I know like. Tommy Wiseau put like the room in those theaters just because he was seriously convinced that the room was going to be. Yeah. So they get around it by like just dumping it into one of those theaters for like two weeks and nobody sees it. Right. And, and I think like there was a, there was a time right before COVID hit where like they were trying to disqualify like Netflix and Amazon and these streamers. So Amazon was like, fuck it. We'll just buy our own theaters and just play our movies and then we'll qualify. And, and the Academy is like, hold on. No, no, no. Like, that's not how it works. It's like, well, you set the rules. We figured out how to bend them. So, yeah. Well, that one black and white movie a couple years ago that was on Netflix. Roma. Roma yeah. Yeah. Roma, yeah that, that was a big controversy. Yeah. And it was gorgeous. It's really good. It sort of changed the game as far as like what people think of like a Netflix movie versus a theatrical movie. And then after that, I think like, you know, every every well the majors like amazon and, and netflix and hulu all have um award uh nominees this year yeah i need to see coda yeah it was good but i talked it up on the uh on the oscar special yeah it's fantastic uh i think that the last one I, that one and the benedict the benedict Cumberbatch one yeah uh dogs uh yeah 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 that those are the only two i still need to see yeah both really good um, but yeah, that's, uh, Diana, the musical. So I guess we can move on to what I have next on my list. One that I did see, and it is infinite. A man discovers that his hallucinations are actually visions from, from past lives written by Ian Shore and Todd Stein, Eric Carantz, um, directed by Antoine Fuqua, who also did uh, training day, the equalizer and Southpaw. So he's got some great films in his resume, and starring everyone's favorite, um, someone who I imagine is a uh, multi-Razzie winner, Mark Wahlberg. Okay, Tad, let me tell you, um, I saw this movie this morning. I saw it last night. I can't remember a goddamn thing about it. I know, it feels sort of like we were in the movie, you know, how like, from what I remember of the movie, it's like they wipe out your memories or whatever, and I'm like, did they do that to me in the movie? And like... Totally forgettable. I like I just watched this movie this morning <laughs> just so it would be fresh in my mind. Not a good sign. And I cannot remember once we get start talking about it. But yeah, at the moment, I'm like, I got nothing. But yeah. I think, and I, like again, I'm saying we're recording this on a Wednesday. I watched it last night. Um, 
And admittedly, I was um, multitasking. I was uh, doing a few other things, but I do that a lot with movies. I'll, I turn on subtitles so I pay more attention, but um, I was like, Mark Wahlberg, um, action movie. I think it was a, it premiered on like Paramount Plus, maybe. Yeah, well, I didn't know it was a big controversy because he wanted it in the theaters. Okay. And it was like the whole. Uh, Black Widow thing. Okay, you're right. It was like, it was like you owe me those. money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it was not released in theater by Paramount Plus, and I would have gotten seen it in the theater. I think, I think I side with the actors in that case because if you signed a contract and said you get so much of the box office, and then they don't even fucking put it out, or with Black Widow, you put it out the same day streaming, you owe that person compensation. I totally agree. I mean, it was not what they agreed on, but. I don't think it would have made that much. No, I don't think it would have been a... It's very... Just looking at it, it's like the most generic um, action, Mark Wahlberg action movie. It sort of seemed like it borrowed from about 20 different movies. I thought it was like kind of a Matrix ripoff. Matrix and Looper. I thought about Looper. They combined a lot of one, but they didn't do any of them good. Right. They didn't take the good parts of those movies. They took the (laughs) things I don't like about those movies and put them together. Yeah, like, we're going to... Put all the bad things we like and just put them in and hope it walks. They had, uh, what is his name from, um, like the league? And he was, he's, he does, oh, it. Jason, uh, Sudeikis or Madukas or something. Uh, uh, Jason Mandukas. Yeah, yeah. He's funny and it's sort of funny that he has that. I think he's on that podcast, How Did This Get Made? Yeah. And now he's up for a Razzie. Yeah. It was funny. A little and taste of your own medicine. Buddy. I hope they do that movie. <laughs> Infinite. Like, yep, I was in that. Let me tell you some stories. He was like, even, I felt so bad because he's a very funny guy. He is very funny. He's charming when you give him a role and they, they try to make him like the cool, smart ass tech dude again, like someone in the Matrix where that's like, it felt very dated where he was like uh, in this lab and he was like, we're going to put you in this machine and drown you, which will make your life flash before your eyes so you can remember your your previous life. Because so, I think the idea of the story is that when we die, we are reincarnated as someone else, but these people can remember who they were. So they keep reconnecting. So it's like if, if we both died here and came back as fucking like, uh, you know, uh, marine biologists, we would, uh, me and, and you would be like, uh, I don't know, a pizza chef or something. We would somehow reconnect and be like, Hey, remember when we were, you know, we were just podcasters and it, it, I didn't really get why they want to reconnect. Um, Tad, meet me at the painting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, yeah. Sort of weird like that. But I was like, I was half paying attention and I was like, at least, it, like you said, it had, it didn't have the good parts. Like I wanted some, it had maybe two or three big action scenes. I'm like, if it's, if it's going to be dumb, at least give us some cool action scenes. Didn't, wasn't, it starts off with like a really big car chase, but I'm like, this has been done better a million times this year. Yeah. And I was not invested in anybody. Cause no. it was more confusing. Cause it was like shot so fast. Like who this guy, who that guy, why are they chasing him? Right. And, and they had too many characters. I thought like when they got their crew together, they were all trying to like, like Mark Wahlberg's a lead, but he's, he's forgotten who he is. And he, he, he knows there's that there's a scene where he like knows how to use a sword and he knows how um gun what gunpowder is made of and he's it's like what is this guy like the best bar trivia person like he doesn't know why he knows everything or why he has all these skills and so when i don't remember how he got connected with these people from his past life but they they're like oh because uh the drug deal gone bad because of the sword he made (laughs) and it's a hanzo hatari from like kill bill yeah they're like "Ooh, let's put some kill bill in this too right yeah i was like why name dropping that um but yeah and and uh 
he's like, it's, it's a whole story is like him, like struggling to remember who he is. So they drown him and put him near death so he can have, I guess, literally his life flash before his eyes so he can remember his previous life. And when he does, then it's like all makes sense. Um, but I don't really remember the point of it. Yeah, I'm looking at the name. Uh, the one uh, main bad guy who could remember, like, when he was born, that was an interesting concept. Like, ooh, he could remember as a baby, and it took him, like, okay, so yeah. long to remember everything, and it was painful. That right. was an interesting concept. Go on that. Right. And I did think that, you know, I mean, it's typical, you know, spoiler. I don't know why you're listening to this if you don't want to spoil, but at the end when um, Jason Sudeikis or whatever, he, like, he he's still him, but Mark Wahlberg's like reincarnated as like an as like an Asian kid or like a uh, I don't even know what but he's like a little ninja or something and it's like he hands him the sword and he's like you know you don't know me and he like throws an apple at him and he, his instinct cuts to apple and he's like I'll st- I'll catch you later or something I mean, and what's that should he be giving his call to a kid no 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 and why did he become the main kilt when he was like being a badass yeah i don't know and like everybody dipped out on the franchise that's not gonna become a franchise so no. I'm, I'm still here yeah yeah it's yeah they definitely ended it with like an had an open ending where they're like this is gonna be good and people are gonna want to see it and this that's gonna not be, the case this is gonna be an infinite <laughs> franchise <laughs> no no uh I honestly don't remember like this being promoted. Um, it just sort of like must have just gone to streaming because when it when I saw the list, I was like Infinite. That sounds like a, with Mark Wahlberg. I, I has he didn't he do that like four years ago? It's like what is this? I'm like oh no, it's just another. And I feel bad. Like I said, uh, the director he did like Training Day, great. The Equalizer, great. Southpaw, great. I mean he's got some great films. So I mean we all like every good director eventually has to have a bad film. Yeah, and like it was, and then the, like the voiceover at the beginning and end by Mark Wahlberg was like he just did. He called it in. He just oh yeah, he did not kill. He's he's slowly morphing into uh, Bruce Willis. I was gonna say yep, Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that like Bruce Willis will literally like show up on sets and tell directors like I I, I don't give a shit. I'm just here. You can use my name. Like just give me my paycheck and let's get let's get this going. Yeah, we'll get to probably his category. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he has a whole category this year. Um, I did not see anything, like, this had three writers. I did not see anything on their IMDb as far as, like, anything else they've done that was impressive. But um, I'd be sort of curious. It's like they probably grew up watching, like, uh, like you said, Matrix and, and Looper. And they, they want to be – this is like um, someone who grew up watching Christopher Nolan. And they're like, what if we did a Christopher Nolan thing and – it shows that why Christopher Nolan is so good at what he does. Yeah, because he got to put effort into it. I right. mean, not saying that they didn't put effort into it, but if you're going to, you know, try to copy, you, that's a high ball to get to. Right, yeah, that's like re- yeah, reaching the highest uh, of the stars. But, yeah, I don't know. I uh, To be honest, I didn't, I, I, did, I wasn't like, this wasn't excruciating for me to watch. At least it's, like, pretty or something. I mean, I've, I've watched much worse for... Attack of the Killer podcast, so maybe my standards are so low. Thanks, Mike. But um, hey, and you know what? Don't worry, Brett probably watched that too. <laughs> probably, but it's just you know, I'm like, at least I've always said like the worst crime a movie can commit is not being entertaining, and at least this is dumb entertainment. Like I could, I probably would have enjoyed it more if I sat in a theater and had popcorn and turned off my phone. But watching it at home is just like it's literally something I th- I, I literally. Um, folded my laundry last night while watching it. 
I'm going to say this one movie was uh, not that bad. I mean, as compared to the other ones, I don't think this one should be nominated. Of all the ones on this list, I think this was just... Maybe just Mark Wahlberg nomination. Yeah. Yeah, I think this one could have been okay. I mean, it's not good, but probably a worst movie that could have been nominated. Right. I'm always sort of surprised by the Razzies. They should make it clear when they do these that it's like the worst of mainstream, like worst mainstream movies, because I can pick 10 worse movies this year than probably these five. Oh, except for two of them. Okay. I know two I know that deserve to be on this list. Well, did you have any final thoughts on Infinite before we move on to one I'm guessing is going to be on your list of worst? I have nothing else to say to this movie. I cannot wait to be dead and move on to the next life. So (laughs) I don't have to remember. Yeah, so I don't have to remember forgetting this movie. Maybe you'll be like drowning and you'll remember watching this movie. (laughs) It's all going to come back. (laughs) And then I have to remember it. And you'll have to remember Diana Musical, but you'll also have to remember Karen. This is our next one. Karen attempts to displace the new black family that moved into the neighborhood, but they won't back down without a fight. Written and directed by a man, a human man named Coke Williams, who um, I looked at his IMDb. He's made a movie called Hollywood. uh, He made. Yeah. He he said, uh, who who made a movie called Who Made the Potato Salad? Okay. Gangsta Rap, the Glockumentary and Parking Lot Pimpin, amongst others. Um, and this stars Taryn Manning as Karen, who I guess was on Orange is the New Black, Hustle and Flow, and 8 Mile. I was going to say, it's uh, Baby Mama from 8 Mile. If you don't know that, that's the only way I need to know it. Well, I recent I just recently watched that for this podcast, so I should recognize her. But uh, I, I think she looked uh, like vaguely familiar from Orange is the New Black because Nikki's watched it. But this one I really wished I would have gotten to, and I imagine you probably had to pay to rent this, didn't you? I think it's only on, like, Apple TV, maybe. It's on Prime. I got it on Prime. Actually, I tried to win it on Apple, and it wouldn't let me win it. It's like, dude, don't do it. It's not worth the money. I tried, like, all day. You're like, take my money. And then I would not do it. So, like, and then I just winning it off Prime. And then um, this movie began with, uh, you did not see this? I did not see Karen. Okay, so (laughs) it started off with, Somebody scribble, you know, uh, really nice spray painted Black Lives Matter. Okay. And Karen to dumping water on it and washing it off. Like, this is a little on the nose to to begin with. Uh, Yeah, I'm guessing they they saw um, what's in the news and they wanted to capitalize on it. Yeah. It was, it was uh, cringe. This entire movie, I cringed. I watched the trailer and I cringed a lot and I'm like, I can't imagine... Is this like, was it like an hour and a half at least? Like, yeah, at least like short? an hour and 29 minutes. Oh, thank God. I was going to say, uh, if this was like a two hour, yeah. It was a, a buy the book, you know, like crazy lady. And then. So did they paint it as like Karen is, is a bad person or? Yeah, she's a terrible person. Okay. I didn't, she's a racist. I was trying to figure out which side they were coming from because, um, you know, there's filmmakers out there, some right wingers that are like, let's make a movie from the perspective of a Karen and show that, you know, the innocent side of, of a Karen. But uh, I was sort of curious what's what um, I, the director, Coke Williams, his real name, Coke. It's like the, the soda Coke. Williams. Yeah. Like I was like, ooh, is it the kid Diet Coke? <laughs> I, yeah. When I saw that and I had a look at his, his IMDb and he's made 
I mean, this is like his wheelhouse, apparently. Yeah, it was. It was I don't know. I'm trying to think of something good to say. I mean, was I, it? It didn't look well made from the trailers. Like it looked like a uh, sort of not even like a TV movie. That's almost insulting. Like, yeah, it was like. I understand what they were trying to make, you know, but they did this so poorly. They went like overcorrected it. Right. So like making, you know, racism is bad. Okay. I know that. <laughs> you don't have to, yeah, push that on me. And then whole brother with a racist cop. They're like, okay, you got thrown in that stereotype. Yeah. They, they have like a checklist of all the things. Yeah. He's a racist dirty cop and now he'll get away with this. I'm like, do you really need this? <laughs> and then oh no, the new neighbor, the black, oh no. And then she's like trying to mess with them. And it like, I get it. I get what you're doing, but is it the best way you could possibly be doing this? Did it at least have like a finale, I mean, or a message or something? Uh, spoil a lot. I Go ahead. Okay. I yeah. Um, I hope to never watch this. Karen dies, her brother dies. Wow. And that wookie white cop Learn the valuable life lesson and save the day, and everybody else lives. How did they die? Shot by someone uh, they pissed off. Yeah, I was a whole. It was a Mexican standoff. Basically, they base uh, the the new Wookie cop killed uh, the blood Oasis cop, and the bla- uh, black lady that he, she shot the the neighbor was not dead because you know they were not gonna kill anybody. Right, besides that'd be, the bad people, be horrible if Karen killed a black lady so, and they just let it happen. And then she was alive and shot Karen, so she got her comeuppance, and then they called it a day. Okay, well, I sort of want to watch his. Um, I sort of want to see who made the potato salad, and um, parking lot pimpin. They both sound like horrible, like movies I would find at. Um, Oh, so shout out to Godzilla. You probably find him at Dollar Tree. Yeah, Godzilla will probably watch him with Brett. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Highway, not Hollywood. Highway, that's the movie I looked up. He, he made Highway? Yeah. Which uh, looks uh, like a weed movie. Yeah, I, a lot, I think most of them are. So I'm like, maybe um, old Coke is, is uh, stretching his envelope. He's, he's uh, you know, testing new waters with Karen. But uh, it looked like sort of like a Lifetime movie. That's the one. I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and then there was a line like... Ooh, there's a racist new neighbor named Karen. Really? Like, they, like, by saying the joke and doing the joke does not make, you know, does not mean you can make the joke. Could you say it would make a good drinking game every time they say Karen? Yeah. But, like, her actual name is Karen. That was the premise of the whole movie. Yeah. A Karen is actually named Karen. Oh, okay. <laughs> So they're not just calling her Karen. Her real birth whole, name is Karen, and whole, she's a Karen. Yeah, that's the that's the whole premise of the movie. And like they got you know high one night. What if a Karen was actually named Karen? <laughs> <laughs> make a movie. I always yeah, like this had to start as like someone was like, "What's a hot button topic right now?" It sort of reminds me of like how we're getting flooded with like uh, Lion King or not Lion King the. Um, the um lion what's his name from netflix uh oh yeah uh lion king yeah that that dude uh oh wait not lion king (laughs) yeah you said the same thing tiger king Uh, tiger king i said lion king too i can't believe i did that um yeah the tiger king it feels like um it was like oh that worked for netflix let's make a series uh peacock made a series they were supposed to make another like movie with uh, nick cage and they decided like 
after watching the second season of uh, Tiger King and this Peacock season flop, they're like, oh, that was like uh, a thing of the time. Like it was a flash in a pan during a time where we were all stuck at home. We can't a year or two years later, we're not going to have success. People are over it. Yeah, we needed that. Yeah, we yeah, we did. But it feels like with Karen, they were trying to capitalize on like, oh, like, every, you know, what what's next? This He's going to make one called Boomer, like where, you know, it's like, a, I mean, we already have that, right? Gran Torino is, is Boomer, the movie. Uh, yeah, actually, if you're going to do this movie, uh, Black, Spike Leo did it, Black Klansman. Yes. And that you're not going to wish that. Right. Yeah, that would have been actually, I love that idea of like a good movie like that shows off like the racism in our country right now. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the best movie about that in the last 10 years. Right. Yeah. I mean, and he's the dude to do it. He's him and Jordan Peele, like the way they talk about social issues is, is, uh, you know, on a different level. But yeah, we're two white dudes in Iowa. We can't really. No, no, we yeah. We're, and and I, I think Coke Williams is is he a white dude? I think looking is at he? Him. I did not look. I look. I think I saw a picture of him. He's like a bigger bald guy, and I mean his name's Coke, but uh, I I just sort of assume he's uh he's a white guy. Maybe I'm wrong. I shouldn't assume that Coke is is a white guy. I don't know. Um, my internet's not going, but yeah, I don't know any guesses. I think. Uh, he made who made the potato salad. I mean, that sounds, and it's potato T O E. So I'm really curious what what this movie is about. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious. My internet's not giving. I don't think we should find out. <laughs> it's giving you a sign like don't look up Coke it's, Williams. It's like I had trouble paying for this movie. I have trouble <laughs> finding out. They're trying to erase it themselves. They're like, uh, don't let this happen. I, I'm looking over at your phone. I see him, white guy, right? Well, it's a black and white picture. <laughs> Okay, maybe. But well, I don't. I don't like. I don't feel comfortable assuming. Assuming. Let's see if I can pull them up. On, okay, on, on let's my see. Phone. This is great, and you know, great podcast, great content. I'm just gonna. Okay, yep. He. Ooh, that's not a good picture. What do you think? Is he could be um, Hispanic? Maybe. I'm. I don't want to say. It could be go either way. My phone. Not, my phone auto corrected to Cole Williams, but. Uh, you're tuning into the uh, podcast as we're strolling through IMDb, but um, anyways, okay, so he looks like he's at the Capitol there, but um, I don't know. He, I don't know. We won't assume his race, but <laughs> either way, um, Karen, thumbs down from you. Thumbs down. I mean, and this is not one of the two moves I was talking about. Really? I mean, I think it should have been nominated, but it's not on the bottom. Okay. So that, man, that really makes me wonder now because our next one that I did see is Space Jam, A New Legacy. A rogue artificial intelligence kidnaps the son of famed basketball player LeBron James, who then has to work with Bugs Bunny to win a basketball game. So I copied this from IMDb. Um, I cannot believe this. Okay, so written by Jewel Taylor... Tony Rattenmeyer, Keenan Kugler, Terrence Nance, uh, Tony Rattenmeyer, let's see. Uh, no relation. Jesse Gordon, Celeste Ballard. Like, there's there's way too many writers. Why is there, like, five writers on this for a Space Jam sequel that literally just sort of almost copies the original? Um, directed by Malcolm D. Lee, who also did Girls Trip, The Best Man, 
The Best Man Holiday, The Best Man Wedding, Undercover Brother, Scary Movie 5, Barbershop The Next Cut, and Night School, um, obviously starring LeBron James. Did you see this one in theaters? I had actually planned on never watching this movie. Really? Because I don't like LeBron James. Okay. I never really liked him. Are you a sports fan in general? Yes. And you're are you a basketball fan? Yes. And so you hold a uh, sort of um, not a grudge, but you're just not a fan of him personally. No. See, I'm. I haven't really watched basketball since like the Jordan days, and even then, it was sort of like everyone just watched it because of how good he was. Like the the '90s Bulls were the shit, so I watched that. And but I I've never really been a big basketball fan, so I don't have any like references. I know like he's sort of uh, this is probably blasphemous too saying this but he's like sort of the modern michael jordan right no i, I mean you could say that i as would far not as, say that as far as popularity though yeah i mean not, still not not as big no one's ever going to be as big as no him, i right? mean it would go mike kobe uh, and then i hate to say lebron because i know he got the stats but i don't think he had the halt no is he still he's still playing right? Yeah, he, uh, LA. He's a, he's having me in a terrible season, and it's amazing. I've heard that the the uh, the LA is having an awful. The Lakers are doing <laughs> terrible, right? They are completely falling apart, and it's amazing. Speaking of Spike Lee, he's a big fan, right? Yeah, uh, New York Knicks. Oh, Knicks. He's a Knicks guy because he's in New York. That's right. Sorry, uh, Spike Lee. Jack Nicholson is an LA fan. Okay, I know that. You know, obviously being LA, there's a lot of celebrities that are at the, always at their games and big fans. That's like one of the weird sports where people can sit like right on the court and have interaction with the player. Like they, yeah, there's thrilled. like no other sport that does that. I mean, hockey players get involved with the crowd a bit, but like football players almost never do uh baseball. I mean, you, you can get hit with a ball, but they never really go out. You know, the players don't interact with the, the crowd. Well, you being a green Bay fan should know when they score a touchdown, they won and Lambo leap. Yeah. The Lambo leap. That's the only other interaction I can think of. Right. Where in basketball, like if you're courtside, you, you can talk shit to the players and they might yep. talk shit back. Mm -hmm. uh, you can physically get hurt, but, um, I'm, I'm now I sort of, after hearing your thoughts on LeBron James, I'm thinking, in my mind, my wheels to her, I'm like, oh, I did not expect uh, Space Jam A New Legacy to be one that Tony um, would be on his list of least liked, because I, I didn't think this one was too bad. I mean, I know it's not for me, as someone who's not a huge basketball fan, I was, I watched the original Space Jam when I was a kid, but it does not hold, like, a, a big nostalgic spot in my heart like so many from our generation. It, it does for me. Okay, so it has a lot of things going <laughs> against it. It's it's a sequel to a beloved film from your childhood starring a basketball player you do not like. So now I'm, I'm putting the pieces together that this one was uh, not one of your favorites. And I didn't rewatch it. I mean, uh, this is the only one I did not rewatch. I had to watch it over the summer. With my eight-year-old nephew, because uh -huh. he wanted to watch it, so okay. that's the only reason I watched it. Well, they've been talking about doing a sequel to Space Jam forever. I mean, there's been rumors of, like, every five years a new player comes about, and it's like, oh, that's going to be the guy. But I think the LeBron ones have been going around for quite a while, because he's, I mean, basketball players seem to have a lot longer, uh, more longevity as far as careers compared to, like, football players or some of these other athletes where they have like five good years, you know. Well, unless you're Tom Brady and then you're oh, never getting quit. Christ. Yeah, yeah, the guy. But uh, it feels like LeBron's been around for, for ages. And so, you know, 
not surprising. It was interesting that they brought his son into it, and that's what made it like the story. The, the basic story is that LeBron James is a bad father, <laughs> which I thought was interesting, sort of like, I know the message is like, he becomes a more attentive father by the end, but it's like, how did they approach him and be like, you want to be in Space Jam 2? And he's like, right on, I get to play with the Looney Tunes. And they're like, but you had to be a bad dad in this, and, and you're a piece of shit to your son. And Done. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do, how do you sign up for this? It makes him look really bad. Yeah, and, okay, let's, okay. So, let's see here. Original Space Jam was at least, ha- was like, centered around uh, reality because of the whole baseball thing. Okay. Okay? His... His son, Michael Jordan's son, will never like super geniuses at the computer making <laughs> yeah, geniuses true. games that were like far fetched and like oh no you have to choose between that and being a basketball oh, and we're so rich oh man we're so relatable <laughs> that's true huh? yep and then they're like LeBron James you better suck it up and then be I'm a, I'm, I'm LeBron James you better live up to my legacy. And yeah. then he gets kidnapped and he barely kills and he only kills when he's behind, not like the son. He was like, he wanted to win, not his son. Right. And then the only way he could win was like when he switched his son back to his, you know, right. his team. Like, they, like well, I guess it won in the family, switching teams. Right. So if you have not seen this, um, the basic premise is like, he's a bad dad and his son's more into gaming than he is basketball, but LeBron is really the typical dad that pushes his interest onto his kid way too much. So he's like, you got to ignore everything but basketball because you have to live my legacy. You have to live up to my legacy. And his kids like discipline good, but he's still a kid and he wants to be a kid. So he's like, I'm more into the gaming. So he secretly is sort of like developing this um, space jam sort of game on his computer um, that he plays on like a Twitch like app with other players. And it, it, um, sort of errors or bugs out and ends up bringing them into the game. I'm skipping around a lot, um, but the long story short, he gets in there and the only way to get out and save his son is to beat this team that, um, what's his name? The, the algorithm. It would call his name with algorithm. Yeah. The villains algorithm, but I'm trying to remember who he's played by Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle. Yeah. And I thought he was, I love Don Cheadle. Interesting to make one of the most likable guys in Hollywood, a villain, um, but I don't know. It, I just didn't, he's not threatening to me. Um, and, and he created a team and he, he brought in like digital versions, I think of real players. Right. Yeah. Cause I recognize the guy with like the unibrow. He's a real player. Right. I forget which one they did. They're all dead to me. There was, yeah, there's this famous NBA player that has a unibrow and I think they brought him into it. Um, and he's like ice and fire water and fire. So he sort of has like a, Mortal Kombat, uh, like superpowers. Basically, they set it up so it's like impossible to win, just like the original. Um, but of course, LeBron James finds a way to turn it around. And, uh, you know, I, I, th- I thought some of the stuff was fun because, uh, they did like the, the Wally Coyote thing where they had like the ball launcher and they had, um, the uh, Roadrunner pe- pecking at it to replicate balls. Total cheating. I mean, shooting yeah. a million balls to get a thousand points. Imagine that. LeBron crying and <laughs> cheating like he does in real life. It, it actually sort of made me remember. Um, do, you, do you remember when they did like nine in the 90s? Um, 
they did MTV did celebrity basketball games. I missed those. Those were the best. Those are cool, and they had like the the basketball hoop on top of the basketball hoop, yes. so you could shoot up higher, and it was always so much fun. It's like this this is like the closest to that, but um, less entertaining because it's completely fake. The best part of this movie was seeing all the like Warner Brothers like property they had in the background. Yeah, that was wild. So to watch this game, um, the a lot the um a logarithm right algorithm algorithm i'm saying a very original yeah he brings in like a crowd to watch and because the movie's made by warner brothers they bring in like every warner brothers property very much like ready player one where they just have like and some of the craziest ones like the droogs from clockwork orange are back there yeah it makes no sense stanley kubrick rolling in his grave right like Mad Mac, Philly old people. Right. Pennywise. Um, I think someone, and I, I'm not sure this has been confirmed because it could be argued that it's just a generic nun, but there's claims that it's the nuns from Ken Russell's The Devils, which would be totally fucked up because Warner Brothers has never put that out on like any physical format. They've sort of tried to bury that movie because it's so controversial um, it's only, the only time it streamed was like a few years ago on Shutter, and it's coming back on Shutter. But um, if you really put those in there, it's almost like a slap in the face to to like horror fans who are like wanting that movie so bad, and you threw it in Space Jam. But they had they had uh, King Kong, which there's like a throwaway line where he, he says something about Don Cheadle says something about King Kong. I could beat King Kong or something. Yeah, and actually, this whole movie is a slap in the face to anybody that likes cinema. <laughs> you hate it that much, huh? And this is my second least favorite. Did you hate it so much because of LeBron, basically, or because it's a sequel to Space Jam? I gave it a chance. Yeah. I hate it because of LeBron. I hate the unbelievability of it. I hated how uh, they piss on my childhood. I hate <laughs> everything about it. But I, I mean, I get it. But I, maybe it's because I just don't hold the original in such high regards. So I can sort of uh, give it a pass. But I just... I didn't hate it all that much. Yeah, I mean, if uh, Kobe survived the helicopter, he should have been in this. <laughs> Do you think that if if he was still alive, he would have been? Uh, probably not because he was retired. I just wanted to make a Kobe joke. I'm okay. Not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, it wasn't even, like, mean to Kobe, you know. But, yeah, he's... Uh, Did, were you a fan of Kobe's? Yeah, I was. Okay. So it's not about just the team. It's about the person. Yeah. Uh I think Steph Coy would have been better at this because yeah. he's an actual family man. You know, he has a good family. He's likable. He's doesn't cheat, and he hasn't switched teams five or six times just to win championships. I I wasn't aware how many times LeBron changed. What? Yep, uh, Cleveland, Miami, back to Cleveland, and then LA. So about four. okay. Well, I'm learning something new on this episode. Yeah, he kept on switching teams, trying to be the legacy, and he and that kind of probably ruined his legacy. Come at me, LeBron. Come <laughs> at me. Yeah, if LeBron James, if you're listening like into an hour into this podcast, uh, thank you for listening, and come at Tony, please. Yeah, bring it. <laughs> so uh, any final thoughts on this before we move on to the final film? Yeah, uh, let's not make a Space Jam 3 with LeBron. If you do, I will... Not watch it. I will watch it. <laughs> you watch it in, in, in your podcast me, about it. I will watch it and I'll do a podcast about it. And you will not like that, <laughs> Mr. Mr. James. I bet you I'm the most respectful. <laughs> yeah, Mr. James. <laughs> 
like like I said, I didn't I didn't hate it, didn't love it. But again, I'm not a huge. I, I know so many people from our generation like that was the movie that. I mean, it was the movie sort of of the '90s. I mean, Michael Jordan makes Looney Tunes. I had Bill Murray in it. Lily Bald and out. Yeah, yeah, and it was just, it's a classic. Right. Yeah. So I just it wasn't huge at my house. So uh, I don't know. I I just I think I was done with basketball by then. But um. Yeah, come, come at us, uh, LeBron James. I actually saw LeBron play because I'm a Timberwolves fan. Really? I went to see them play when they were like, he was with Miami. Okay. So you saw him in person and you didn't do anything about it? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm a good, outstanding, you know, I'm good human being. I'm not going to, you okay. know, I yelled at him. I yelled boo. I think I made him <laughs> miss a three throw. There you go. It was worth it. All right. Well, the final movie is one I also saw is The Woman in the Window. Um, an agoraphobic woman living alone in New York be- begins spying on her new neighbors only to witness a disturbing act of violence. If that sounds familiar, it is. Um, written by Tracy Letts, who also wrote Killer Joe, um, August Osage County, um, based on a novel by A.J. Finn, directed by Joe Wright, who did Serrano, Darkest Hour, Pride and Prejudice, The Soloist, and Atonement, um, starring Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore, Anthony Mackie, Wyatt Russell, amongst others. This is like the most stacked movie on this list. It's amazing. Like it's one of those rare occurrences where you have all the ingredients to make a great movie, and it's like something didn't something happened in the oven. I know this cast is amazing, but. It's like the director were like, hey, um, I know you're acting your asses off, but hey, just can you uh, just read these out like you're just reading uh, line weed? Yeah. And like, be cardboard. You're being too good, guys. Dial it back. We're making, this is the movie I want. I've, I've read a little bit about um, the behind the scenes stuff. Like this was tested with test audiences. This was, I think, a Fox movie, maybe. It, it had test audiences and uh, test screenings and the people, you know, they give their thoughts on it, said it was too confusing. So they went back and changed some stuff in it. And by the time they had finished changing stuff, COVID hit. So it was supposed like they delayed it to do reshoots and then COVID hit and then it got delayed for over a year. And then by then Disney bought out Fox and they were just like, Fuck it, we're throwing this on Netflix. Yeah, and like you could tell, like Julianne Moore dips midway through. She's like, I'm done with this. Right. Yeah, she's there at the beginning. But like I said, it's just amazing to think. And I mean, Gary Oldman's one of the best of all time, but he's, he's, this is not his first and probably won't be his last bad movie. No. Nah. But, um, yeah, the, the amount of talent, including the uh, writer, I was looking at, like I said, Killer Joe's fantastic. I love Killer Joe. Yeah, and, uh, you know, directed by Joe Wright, who Darkest Hour won, you know, Academy Awards. It's, it, it, I love Wyatt Russell. Like, I think he's fantastic. And Amy Adams is amazing. Right. That cast is amazing. Right, and, and I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, really astonishingly bad. It's just sort of like for the level of talent on it i was it's severely disappointing it's like it didn't know what it wanted to be it wanted to be a well window whip off right and i'm like okay now we want to be a like another a thriller whip off and now we're gonna go psychological and like it kept on changing what it wanted to be 
And it, yeah, and I think the, the uh, test audience said it was too confusing, and I'm like, I don't know if it's so much confusing as to like just too much to, it packed in there. Like, like you said, it starts as like, I mean, did she? I, I guess it's sort of like she's agoraphobic instead of hurt like in uh rear window where he yeah. can't get out of his apartment because he's he's in a cast where they're like what if we just make her a crazy cat lady in her house that but she's also a psych a child psychologist yeah and what she and what she a child psychologist and agoraphobic because they do that in our face like every five minutes like oh in case you forgot she's agoraphobic and she's a child psychologist yeah, yeah. over and over again and I don't, I don't know how it works, but it's like, do, do we take, do kids, should kids take advice from somebody who can't leave their house? No, they should not. And she <laughs> was crazy. And then her tenant was random, which I right. like, uh, the, wh- is it Wyatt Russell? Wyatt Russell. Yeah. They had a lot of Marvel people in this. Yeah. I, I see. I don't even re- recognize him from Marvel. I just, um, I remember him he's on an amc series really funny and i'm trying to think of what else he's he's been in a few like indie horror movies obviously kurt russell's son yeah he looks like him he's he was in the falcon and the winter soldier i've heard that yeah he i mean i won't spoil but I, i've heard what he does but yeah i had and, a spoil for me and yeah i mean and falcon showed up in this okay yeah yeah anthony mackie which was like less than a cameo he's in literally one scene just to die yeah and then i think he just says one line and like he basically like, you know what? I looked around like, I'm dipping out of this movie. You want to come with me, kid? <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's like I said, it's it's just got too much going on where it's like, she's agoraphobic. She's seen this stuff across the street. Okay, what's her story? She, not only is she agoraphobic, she is a child psychologist and she killed her kid and husband in a car wreck. Um, and somebody messaged and told who sent the email. I was so confused about that. Right, she got an email. It's like a picture of her I close think, up, and of course she drops her laptop right. Yeah, when two a.m. Yeah, um, and so you know the neighbors are gaslighting her. Um, Gary Oldman's very um, a sci- the psycho controlling husband father that lives across the street. Yeah, and like he was like, why didn't she take a picture of the stabbing? That right. could have solved this entire movie. Right. Yeah. I mean. At least in Rear Window, he's, like, using a, the big camera and the telescope and stuff. But, I mean, it shows, you know, and, again, it shows, like, why Hitchcock is regarded as one of the best. Because they've tried this with um, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf, Disturbia. Disturbia. Yeah. And the big difference is, like, a lot of big difference. Like, Hitchcock was able to tell you exactly what happened without telling you what happened right in the beginning of the show, movie. Right. Like, ooh, he got an accident because he showed you the articles. He would not treat you like a dumb shit. <laughs> and then, like, he get up, showed everybody, you know, all the people he's looking at. I would, I, and I really, I would be curious to see the cut before reshoots, but it wouldn't replace the performances from people. Yeah. And it's just so generic. Like for some, for, like I said, I, and I've repeated it so many times, but it's like for everybody involved, it's amazing that they all read this script and they all agreed to do it. And they all gathered with this writer, director, all these uh, fantastic actors. And it's just like, how did he get such a bad performance out of so many great people? I don't know. Amy Abnum, Amy Abnum, like one of my favorites. And she, right. She was terrible on this. Yeah. And I saw she was also nominated for like a best supporting actress uh, for a movie I didn't see. Is it? No, I was thinking of Jessica Chastain is up for, or are you talking about for a, a Razzie? Yeah. Okay. She up for two. 
Okay, I, I have the list here, um, and we'll go over them afterwards after we uh, conclude our, our best picture. Um, or oh, worst picture. Worst, yeah, best worst picture, or just worst picture in general. But like I said, um, a, just sort of a huge waste of uh, talent on this one, but at least I think it was fairly short and... Again, still not a crime to film. If if I, I feel like if, you know, I had to watch this, it, this would be something I might throw on the TV if it's on cable at midnight and I'm, you know, trying to fall asleep. Yeah, and this is another one where I I could see it being thrown off the list. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it's bad, but I don't think it's these all to be this you know put on this list. Right, not criminally bad. It's just like. Again, for the amount of talent involved, it just seems like you could have done so much better. How are you going to mess up Julianne more like that? Right. Yeah, that that whole thing was sort of confusing, too. She was, like, the wife, but then it turned out she was, like, the ex-wife. Yeah, and was sleeping with her tenant. Yeah, and, and she's the one that got murdered, and that's the one she saw get stabbed. So, Technically, the neighbor uh, across the street wasn't lying. He didn't kill his wife. He killed his ex, who was sleeping with her tenant. And the cops never looked into it over right. there? Yeah. And the cop is the guy from, uh, he's in uh, Atlanta, I think. He's, yeah. He's, I, I'm sorry, I forget his name, but he is fantastic. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. And he was actually like one of the only decent ones in this. But again, he's barely in it. Uh, Brian Henry? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's was really good. Was probably my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, but probably because he didn't, uh, he wasn't in it much. He's only in a couple scenes as like an investigator. He's always sort of the one that was almost like sympathetic with her, because it seemed like anytime the cops came around, the neighbor just like busts in. You know, it's just like, dude, is no one gonna like walk? Like, you're just gonna let him walk in every time? Like, yeah, like, ooh, um, he can butt them. Like, no, 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 no. Listen to me. This is what happened. Like, right. This is so suspicious. Right. Like, listen to both sides of the story. Yeah. You, why are you here? Right. You let them set like in real life situations. You separate the two parties. You hear them both out, and you gather information, and you conclude what you believe happened. Not like let him storm into her house after, you know, and the, the, the son, he was pretty bad. I don't know who the, the boy, the, like their, the kid across the street. I thought he was, I mean, he was sweet. You know, he comes in and, and he wants to pet her cat and she's like, Oh, you know, he doesn't, my cat doesn't like people. He really likes you. And she creates sort of a, I thought maybe there would be some kind of weird, like tension, like sexual tension there at first, the way, like, he was creating a relationship with the older lady, agoraphobic lady across the street. Yeah, because then you were like, I'm I'm 16. Okay, 15 right. and a half. Right, yeah. Like, that would make it any battle. Right, but I was like, are they going with this? Because, I mean, they, they had, like, clearly had some kind of, like, weird chemistry. Like, she was... But then again, she's a child psychologist, so... I didn't think that. I just think she mental kid. Yeah. I think that's what she was looking for. Yeah. Okay, so that's the woman in the window. Oh, I actually have one more thing. I yeah, think go he, ahead. Like, when he's at the end, like, the guy, the detective, like, a lot of people are going to be giving you a lot of apologies. I'm like, what my apology for this movie? <laughs> I, I will say I like that because I hate when, in a movie, when we, as the audience, know, like something that the people in the movie don't and it's like it ends and i'm like did they did they ever figure out who you know i would i hope everyone knows what really happened or the truth in this like 
we at least have a closed door where it's like everybody knows what actually happened and she will not be like gaslit for the rest of her life. And I did like how he gave her the option of deleting the video because she was going to kill herself. Right. She made that embarrassing video and he was like, here you go. I'm going to give you some time to delete right. what you, you want. You have like a half an hour or an hour or something yeah. until I come back. To delete what you want. He was cool about it. Right. Because we never, a lot of movies just dance around the thing at the end where it's like, especially horror movies where it's like, this guy breaks in and, you know, this this girl has to go for revenge and, and there's 13 dead bodies and she's the only survivor. And it's like, how's she going to explain this to the police? Like uh, a classic debate on our old podcast was what happened after you're next? Do you think she go to jail? Right. Yeah. And, and it's mean, like, do we don't get a we don't get a conclusion to because that. Because she's so going to jail. She's the right. only survival. Right. I don't care if this is also a new debate. Nobody's going to listen. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Uh, that's literally like what I was thinking is like, you know, at least here we see that like, okay, they, they wrapped it all up in a bow, I guess at the end so that we know where she stands. She's okay. It's, it's going to be okay for her. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I guess we'll go into, I think I know which two were your least favorite, but, um, I, where, where would you rank these? What, what's your worst picture? Okay, so I'm going to pull this up to get visual. Okay, so I'm going to go infinite number five. As least bad? Yeah, because it's, you know, it's forgettable. It's, uh, I don't think it should have been on this. But it's not offensively bad. No. Then the woman in the window. And then I'm going to go Karen. Really? Karen? Yeah. And then Space Jam. But the worst... Diana the Musical. Really, over Space Jam. It sounded from, from your uh, talk that like, Space Jam might be your least favorite movie of all time. It's kind of impressive on how bad Diana is. Yeah. That it could it overtake it, it overtook <laughs> Space Jam, a, a movie I legitimately hate and always get angry thinking about how it pissed on my childhood. That's how bad Diana the Musical is. Wow. That is, I mean, that says a lot. I mean, if you give me a choice between watching Space Jam or Diana, I'm going to watch Space Jam again. That's how bad Diana is. And you heard how much he hates Space Jam, so that says a lot. If I could take a shit on the entire (laughs) movie, uh, movie, I would. And that would be a lot of shit, because that's a big wheel. Oh, man. It's so bad. I'm, I'm glad I skipped out on karen and diana i sort of want to watch them just so you're not alone because when you issued this challenge i thought okay he's gonna watch them all do i have to watch them all and i'm like i'll watch what time allows and i got through i would say three watchable ones Mm -hmm. and i i subconsciously sort of like picked those i was like well karen is like only you had to pay to rent it the others are streaming free um i mean even diane was free on netflix or not free but i have netflix but i'm like i don't want to watch a musical yeah, and I only I I still have Paramount because I watched them some football games on there. Right, and I never canceled it, so like okay, I guess I'm watching it. Yeah, I paid for a year of it, so that's where I watched Infinite. Yeah, but I have the um, full list of nominees. I'm just gonna breeze through them. Um, I don't think I saw any others, but uh, just for those who are curious, um, worst actor we have Scott Eastwood in Dangerous, Roe Hart Tramp um, as Prince Charles in Diana the Musical. So. The Prince Charles from Diana was nominated. Okay, he dissolved it because he was the worst. And and here's a great one. You you might take back what you just said. 
LeBron James and Space Jam, A New Legacy is nominated. I think LeBron should get that. But you know what? He's probably going to not win and now be winning. I actually thought he was pretty bad acting, too. Like, Mike, you can't expect people to be talented athletes and good actors. Michael Jordan wasn't. Maybe it's because I'm, I was a kid and I'm more forgiving. But I feel like Jordan was a much better actor than LeBron. Yeah, I mean, uh, LeBron sucks. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he acted at all. I think he is a shitty dad. I'd said it. <laughs> um, and we have Ben Platt and Dear Evan Hansen. I've heard a lot of bad things about that. And I did not see it. Me either. And then Mark Wahlberg in Infinite. I don't. Yeah, don't. I don't think Mark Wahlberg no, resolved that. No. Um, worst, worst actress. We have Amy Adams, the woman in the window. Um, Jeanne DeWall as Diana in Diana Musical. Um, Megan Fox in Midnight in the Switchgrass. Didn't see it. Uh, Taryn Manning in Karen. And Ruby Rose in Vanquish. I'm going to go Diana again. I hope Diana sweeps this. <laughs> All right. Well, we have another one coming up. Worst supporting actress. We have Amy Adams and Dear Evan Hansen. So she's a double uh, nominee as lead and supporting. Um, Sophie Cookson in Infinite. Aaron Davey as Camila in Diane the Musical. Camila. Camila. Um, Judy Kay as both Queen Elizabeth and Barbara Cartland in Diana the Musical. I did not even know she played two different characters. This is how bad this movie is. <laughs> so it has, yeah, two in the supporting and then Taryn Manning in every last one of them. I hope they tie for the two, Diana. Give out two trophies. Yeah, I hope they tie. And I hope they die. No, uh, no, 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 no. You're good. I, I like the way you think. I hope they die. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, worst supporting actor, Ben Affleck in The Last Duel. And what from my from what I heard, that's very unfor like not fair because I heard he's really good in that, and that movie's actually pretty decent. I've not seen that. Uh, he looks weird in it. He has like a like frosted like uh, flavor saver, the little uh, soul patch thing. Okay, but he I've heard that he's really good in it. Um, well, he doesn't make m good movies when he's with uh, J Lo. That's true. Um, Nick Cannon in The Misfits. Didn't see any of these. Uh, Mel Gibson in Dangerous. Gareth Keegan um, in Diana the Musical. I think they have something in every category, it seems like. I and, hope he wins. He dissolved that. And then finally, Jared Leto in House of Gucci. They might give it to Jared Leto. Did you watch it? No. It's, it's, I thought it was pretty decent. I'm just saying, they hate Jared Leto. Right. Ridley Scott uh, with two two films and Worst Supporting Actor. Um, but the way that guy pumps out films, it's not that surprising. Yeah, I was going to go see House of Gucci, but by the time I got out to the theater, it was gone. Yeah, it didn't last long. And Nikki saw it in his like three hours. I watched it at home uh, when it when it hit streaming. Um, and then the category we mentioned earlier, um, Bruce Willis got his own category this year. Worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie, a special category. Um, Bruce Willis in American Siege. Bruce Willis in Apex. Bruce Willis in Cosmic Sin. He's in a lot of shit. Bruce Willis in Deadlock. Bruce Willis in Fortress. Bruce Willis in Midnight in the Switchgrass. Bruce Willis out of death. And Bruce Willis in Survive the Game. He did all these in eight, 2021. Eight movies. We should have did a Bruce Willis one. We should have just <laughs> watched all Christ. those. God, I can't believe... Eight... I mean, this guy is literally... I mean, people give Nick Cage shit for doing everything. Why are we letting him off the hook? I just saw an article that Nicolas Cage did not phone anything in. Right. I read that, too. It was very interesting. Yeah. You know what? You know, as long as you're just doing this shit, Bruce Willis, give us a look who talking for. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Why don't they bring it back, that franchise? Yeah. John Travolta's not doing anything. Chris Alley's not doing anything. Right. Bring it back. 
Why not? Oh yeah, Roseanne with a baby voice. Ooh. Yeah, but uh, Christy Allen's sort of in the same hot seat as uh, yeah. Roseanne, I think. So. Yeah, you know what? Give have the babies grow up and have babies and have them talking. Yeah. Write itself. Exactly. You, I mean, get on it, Tony. I think I'm gonna write this movie, <laughs> and then I'm gonna send it to uh, Bruce Willis. Like, hey, you're phoning this anyone? Can you just? I don't care how you record it. Can you? <laughs> record these lines it just do it does at home on its phone yeah actually he'll probably want money I don't want oh money. yeah yeah but apparently not much if he's he's in all these movies um we have worst screen couple which is one of my favorite categories um any klutzy cast member and any lamely lyricized or choreographed musical number in diana the musical that's a hilarious nomination. I hope that wins. Um, you'll like this one too. LeBron James and any Warner cartoon character or Time Warner product he dribbles on in Space Jam, A New Legacy. That's a good one. Another great one. Jared Leto and either his 17-pound latex face, his geeky clothes, or his ridiculous accent in House of Gucci. Was uh, it that bad? I, I mean, really not sure why they put him in it because he's... He, they put him on enough makeup to make him look like Dr. Phil. And I'm like, why don't you just cast someone else? And he's method. He was, why didn't he just, do, you know, do it himself? Just gain the weight. Yeah. yeah. And lose the hair. Yeah. Come on. Um, ben Platt and any other character who acts like Platt singing 24 seven is normal. Dear Evan Hansen. Did not. Uh, and then Tom and Jerry, AKA itchy and scratchy in Tom and Jerry, which I forgot existed. That did come out. Yep. Yeah, with, uh, Oh, God. Chloe Moretz. Yeah, I forgot about that movie. Um, then we have Worst Remake, Ripoff, or Sequel. Um, Karen, which was an inadvertent remake of Cruella DeVille. That's true. <laughs> Space Jam, A New Legacy. Tom and Jerry. Twist, which is apparently a rap remake of Oliver Twist. And then The Woman in the Window, which is a ripoff of Rear Window. I think I, I know your pick is Space Jam, right? Yeah, and... Oh, man. They should have said infinite whipping off everything else. <laughs> um, worst director, Christopher Ashley um, for directing Diana the Musical. Stephen Chabowski as uh, directing Dear Evan Hansen. We have Coke Daniels directing Karen. Rennie Harlan directing The Misfits. And Joe Wright, The Woman in the Window. Are you going with uh, Diana the Musical? Of course I am. And then the final category is worst screenplay. We have Diana the Musical, Karen, The Misfits, Twist, and The Woman in the Window. We all know your pick. Yep, Diana. All right. Well, that is our Razzie's episode. Where can people hear um, with Brett and Tony? I mean, are you sure you want to hear more me? Of course, yeah. I'm I mean, just I, I, obviously I do, but um, I think if people made it this far in the podcast, they want to know where they can listen. We are on the PFPN as well. We are Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe. Uh, we all, you can find us wherever you find podcasts. We have uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have pretty much everything. Um, if you uh, put in audible, audible.com, uh, put in the code word BTAA and let us know what happens. That would be great. Oh, you got a little... Uh, nope. Se- nothing secret? No, no. That's, that, it's just an ongoing joke. We'll just keep on doing it oh, okay. until Audible actually hey. sponsored us. <laughs> so we'll just say... Okay, put in the code. Yeah. Put in the code BTAA. There, Audible's like, why do people keep putting in this code? We should Where figure if it? we just uh, put this out there. <laughs> they're going to sponsor us. Eventually, yeah. I mean, 
got writers on the podcast. Why not Audible? Come on. Yeah. So it's just been an ongoing joke for a couple weeks now. That <laughs> okay. You should put that code in. <laughs> yeah. Put in the code. Uh, like you said, you're on the Prescribed Film Podcast Network. I love the show. Um, and hopefully a new a new short film soon. Uh, yeah. We're working on that. We sh- got one more day of filming to go. Exciting. And then uh, we're going to edit and hopefully be done by May 4th. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Are you? <laughs> Always. Yeah, man. I'm joking. Uh, great to have you finally. And it sounds like we have to have you back a couple more times. Uh, finally get Goodwill Hunting off the list. Yep. Make, let me watch a good movie. Yep. You thought you thought this would backfire, and I would I would uh, this would be a funny joke, and I I ended up watching three actually, of these movies. I see the funny thing is this again backfire because I'll probably have to come back next year for the Wazzies. Oh yeah, this is going to be an annual thing now. I did like typical Tony fashion. I did not think anything <laughs> through. Did not think it through. Yeah. The, the if it's not the consequences of your own actions, Tony. <laughs> Damn it. Well, I've been a fun time. Yeah, this has been a blast. Uh, thanks again for coming on, and we'll see you next time. listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening